You're listening to the City Church Downtown Podcast. Now here's Doug Robbins. Good afternoon, 12 o'clock. How are we doing today, man? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So um, anybody enjoy Jake and Natalie today? Good time with them, right? Ah, thank them for coming over and leading some music today. And I need to vent to you just for a little bit. Some of you heard me vent about this uh, some time back, but... Um, I was out doing some yard work one day in my yard, and I got my yard tools out of my shed, you know, my storage shed in the backyard where you put the lawnmower and the weed eater and all that kind of stuff. And um, I, I was doing my work, and I needed to go to the hardware store and get something, and I was gone for 20 minutes. And while I was gone, uh, some thieves broke into my shed. The door was actually unlocked. I left it unlocked. And they got in there. They got my, my gas weed eater. They got my leaf blower that got my chainsaw, and here's the part that really chapped my hide. They stole my pixie bicycle, man. They stole my bicycle, and I was really upset about that. You know, I know that God wants me to pray for my enemies, and so I prayed that um, while riding my bicycle, the thieves would get hit by a via bus, you know, not just, not just a via bus. I'm praying for a Primo, one of the big long ones that looks like an accordion, got some free Wi-Fi. That's what I want to happen to the thieves that stole my bike there, right? Um, now, here's the deal. Uh, these are just material possessions, right? Thank God. I've got an awesome wife. She bought me a new bicycle. Thank God for my wife. She bought me a new bicycle, and so I'm all good. Things can be replaced, but here's what's happening in the spiritual realm, is that spiritual thieves, the Bible calls demons, are stealing from our lives, right? That's, that's what's going on. And some of you know that, um, you know, I've had my struggles in the past. Spiritual thieves stealing from my life. Um, and you know, on the deal with the things that got stolen, sure, there are thieves out there. We all have thieves in our neighborhoods, right? But who left the door unlocked and unsecured? I did, right? Wasn't my fault, but the thieves are there watching, waiting for the opportunity. And many years ago, I struggled with some substance abuse issues, also struggled with a lust problem that I've been very forthright about many years ago. And what was happening was, is that demonic spirits were robbing from me the peace of God in my life and replacing it with guilt, shame, insecurity, and a dark cloud of depression. And here's what uh, frustrates me as your pastor, is when I see some of you who have left your doors unlocked, spiritually speaking, and the enemy is robbing you blind, some of you, stealing from you the peace of God, stealing from you relational wholeness with other people that are significant in your life. And for some of you, they're blinding you from the truth that you can have a love relationship with God. Now, I need to do a brief time out here just for a minute because I understand that uh, we have a lot of guests here every week, people who are new to City Church and maybe a friend or relative brought you and you walk in here and you're like, okay, some dude up there in a Weezer shirt talking about literal demons, okay? What, what kind of place is this, right? Um, and it's odd to you that someone would believe in literal demons, but here's what we've come to acknowledge here 
uh, at City Church is that I think it may be a little bit simplistic and culturally narrow to discount the idea of literal demon spirits. And here's why. Because the majority of the world has absolutely no problem with the idea of literal demons. If you go to Asia, Africa, South America, they're totally experiencing and very aware of spiritual warfare. So do we think that we're so culturally refined and too educated to learn from the experiences of people all over the world who are seeing this type of stuff that most Americans are blinded to? And some of us need to remember that one of the most educated and culturally refined countries in the world in recent history was Germany when the Nazis took over, right? And when, you, when I visited uh, Germany and talked with German people and spoken to them about Hitler, uh, they are very quick to talk about how their country has renounced Hitler and shut the door to those painful memories of their past. And so our cultural refinement and education, don't allow that to blind you from the very real spiritual warfare that's taking place. And throughout this spiritual warfare series that we've been in for a few weeks, um, we have learned that we have authority. In fact, we've asked you to step up to your authority in Christ. Those of you that have believed that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sin, you have a new sense of authority. So I want you to turn to someone next to you, and I want you to tell them, you got some authority. Go ahead. Okay, it's a brief sentence. You don't have to take all day. Okay, here we go. So you, you, you got yourselves uh, some authority. But today, what we're going to lock in on is uh, one facet of your authority. You have the authority to shut the doors. So our big idea for the conversation today is I'm shutting my doors. My door is locked. It's locked, right? And so I want you to turn to someone next to you and tell them I'm locking my doors. There you go. There you go. So I want to show you something from the scriptures where Paul is trying to keep uh, spiritual doors locked and secured for the believers who were living in an ancient city called Ephesus. And we look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27, and it says, do not give the devil an, what's that word? Opportunity, right? Don't give him an opportunity. Some translations will say foothold because all the devil needs, all the demons need is a small opportunity. Remember, it only took 20 minutes for thieves to come in and steal my stuff. And my neighbor and I were talking about the theft that day, right? And my neighbor was saying, I bet you they were watching you. And they knew when you drove off to the hardware store and they knew when they had the opportunity to come in. And that's exactly what's taking place in the spiritual realm is that there are spiritual thieves watching you, waiting for the window of opportunity that they have to come in and steal from you spiritually. So one of the doors that opens us up to the demonic is what we're going to call today counterfeit spirituality. That is spiritual practices that are contradictory to the word of God. And these believers that Paul was speaking to in Ephesus, they had a fair amount of counterfeit spirituality in their lives that was uh, opening their doors of their lives to the demonic. And look at what they did to get rid of this stuff in Acts chapter 19, verse 18. It says, many who became believers confessed their sinful practices. A number of them who had been practicing sorcery brought their incantation books and burned them at a public bonfire. And the value of the books was several million dollars. So these people realized that we've got to get rid of this occult stuff, these uh, false spiritual practices and these books and burn them and close and lock our spiritual doors so we're kept spiritually safe. 
Now, a few years ago, I assisted another pastor in dealing with a young woman who was involved in generational Satanism. In fact, her dad was a Bear County Sheriff's officer, and at the same time, he was a Satanist. And her grandfather was the pastor of a small Baptist church on the south side of San Antonio and a closet Satanist. In fact, they were doing satanic sacrifices in a secret room in that small church on the south side, and they were using a Christian communion table to do satanic sacrifices on as a blasphemy to the living God. And this young woman endured all sorts of abuse from her uh, satanic relatives. And she had to go through many years of very intensive freedom ministry and counseling uh, to get over the, uh, all the demonic problems that she was having uh, in her life. Uh, but to get to this place of freedom that she enjoys today uh, with her Christian husband who loves her and cares for her, she had to shut and lock the doors of counterfeit spirituality in her life. And some of those satanic uh, practices or uh, rituals that she was involved in were forced upon her. Others of those things she participated in willingly. But here's the truth of it. All of them opened her life to demonic traffic on the inside. And so if you have participated in or been exposed to any counterfeit spirituality like Satanism, Ouija boards, fortune telling, tarot cards, curanderos, new age spirituality, Wicca or palm reading, we need to close those doors today. But before we start praying, and we're going to do some guided prayers today, before we start doing that, we need to take a, a time out for a minute. And here's why. We would be doing you a great disservice if we tried to help you close doorways to demons if you did not know Jesus Christ and have a relationship with Him. In fact, the Bible teaches that if you try and kick out a demon and don't replace it with Jesus, that you are opening yourself up to seven more evil. And so here's the way it works if you need to begin a relationship with Christ. It's kind of like this. This wallet represents my sin. This hand represents me. This hand represents God. The reason that I can't come to a relationship with God is because of my sin. But when Jesus Christ died on the cross, He was, we learned last week, our substitutionary atonement. That is, when he died on the cross, he was my substitute, he was yours spiritually, and he took the sin away on the cross upon himself so that God and I could come together in relationship. And some people are scurrying around doing all kinds of religious deeds and works in order to earn a love relationship with God, but to no avail. We can never be good enough we just receive it as a gift. It's like recently I went out to dinner with a friend and he paid for my dinner. In fact, he, he, he kind of knocked me out of the way so he could give the server his credit card so I couldn't pay for the meal. And what could I do? I can't go over there and try and pay for something that's already been paid for, right? I could just receive it as a gift. And so in your heart and mind today, if you'd like to begin a relationship with Christ, just in your own heart and mind, just say, hey, look, I receive the gift, God. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me, for my eternity, as a substitute. He took the punishment that I deserved, and I welcome you into my life. And if you just thought that in a prayer in your mind, you know what happened? You just became an adopted child of God, a part of his family. And so now we can start closing doorways. And the first doorway that we're going to secure today is related to counterfeit 
spirituality. Now, remember the list that I read earlier? There are so many more things that we could add to the list that we don't have time to do today. And that's why let's all just kind of pray for just a minute and ask the Holy Spirit of God to remind us or uh, bring to our minds any spiritual practices that we've been exposed to or involved with that perhaps could have opened the doorway to the demonic in our lives, all right? And so just open your mind for a minute that the Holy Spirit of God would speak to you about any of those spiritual practices. That, uh, it could have been something that seemed totally innocent, but the Spirit's bringing it to your mind now. And as those things are coming to your mind, I brought a friend today who's going to help us pray through this. And her, her name is Doree. And Doree is a key tribal leader here at City Church. And she also leads our prayer ministries. She prays for me and my family that God would protect us. And if these demons don't get out of her way, she's going to go west side on them, all right? So, um, uh, Doree, would you lead us in a prayer to close doorways of counterfeit spirituality? Lord Jesus, I confess that I have participated in counterfeit spirituality. I renounce my past spiritual practices as counterfeits. I pray that you will fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I may be guided by you and you alone. Thank you that in Christ I am forgiven. I renounce signing my name over to counterfeit spirituality, and I announce that my name is now written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I renounce any false spiritual covenants I've made, and I announce that I am under the new covenant with Christ. I renounce any demonic assignments on my life, and I announce that God is leading my life by His Holy Spirit and by His Spirit alone. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Doree. Well, one of the doorways that often gets opened up uh, in our lives, and one of the reasons that we had to do this series, is because I was getting a lot of messages from you guys that you were seeing things in your homes. People were sensing evil or sometimes the kids were being afraid of, of certain things or adults were seeing literal demons in their homes. And so is it possible that a demonic spirit can come into a physical space, a physical place? Well, we believe that that's entirely true. In fact, if you go back to the Old Testament book of Daniel, you would see Daniel in prayer and you would see a spiritual battle being revealed to him. There was a demon called the Prince of Persia fighting against a holy angel in the spiritual realm. And this demon was called the Prince of Persia, a place. And so it's just as other parts of the scripture teaches that there are principalities and powers over certain geographic areas. And that can happen in homes and places of business as well. In fact, I got a call last year uh, from a guy who was leading the team that was renovating a historic hotel right here downtown. And his workers were sleeping there while they were restoring and renovating uh, the hotel. And they were seeing things at night. They were seeing demons. Some of them thought they were ghosts and they were afraid to even stay in the hotel. And he goes, Doug, what am I going to do? Because uh, all the workers are going to leave and I'm expected to finish this project. And so I gave him a prayer and I said, go up in that hotel and you pray this prayer out loud. And it was a spiritual warfare prayer to close the doorway of demon spirits. And he did it and everything was cool. And they finished the project because the demons were cast out of and away from that physical space. In fact, one time I was asked by a couple in our church um, to come over to their home because they were having night terrors and they were seeing these shadowy, uh, you know, beings in their home. 
and I asked him a few questions. I said, hey, do you have any objects in your home that may have been devoted to the occult or uh, some type of false spirituality? And they showed me this statue that the wife had purchased online. Like it's this statue that was dedicated to one of the rock bands that she used to uh, really love. And I'm not going to mention the band, name of the band today, uh, primarily because I, I just don't think their music's that good, to be honest with you. And so um, it was a mock, this statue, it was actually an idol, and it was a mock crucifix of a naked Jesus blaspheming the crucifixion. And I said, well, there's your problem right there. And so we took that statue, that idol, we threw it in a dumpster and we prayed. And then we took a little bit of oil and we rubbed it on the doorposts, door frames of the home, and we prayed. Why oil? Because in the Bible, oil is a symbol of the endorsement of the Holy Spirit that some people call the anointing. And also um, when you rub thing, uh, something on the doorpost, it shows the beings in the spiritual realm that there's something significant there. So like in Passover, in Exodus of the Bible, remember they put something on the doorpost and the death angel passed over those particular homes. And so we did this. We prayed a spiritual warfare prayer over their home. They took authority over it and everything was good. So with that in mind, let's learn a prayer now that Dari will lead us in that will help us to secure our physical space. Dari? Heavenly Father, I acknowledge that you are Lord of heaven and earth. In your sovereign power and love, you have given me all things richly to enjoy. Thank you for this place to live. In Jesus' name, I cleanse this home for my family as a place of spiritual safety and protection from all attacks of the enemy. As a child of God seated with Christ in the heavenly realm, I command every evil spirit claiming ground in the structures and furnishings of this place to leave and never return. I renounce all curses and spells utilized against this place. And I ask you, Heavenly Father, to post guardian angels around this home to guard it from attempts of the enemy to enter and disturb your good purposes for me. I thank you, Lord, for doing this, and I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And so you have the authority to pray something like that. You don't have to get like a pastor, priest, rabbi, or Jedi. You can pray it. You have authority to, to kick these things out of your home, but one of the most common doorways that gets open to the enemy is that of sexual sin and soul ties. Now, let me explain this from the scriptures. We're going to go back to Paul's teaching to the Corinthian believers. They lived in the ancient city of Corinth in Asia Minor, and he says in 1 Corinthians 6.15, don't you realize that your bodies are actually part of Christ? Should a man take his body, which is part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Never. And don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her? For the scriptures say the two are united into one. But the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives you, who was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a price, so you must honor God with your body. And here's what happens. When we have sexual experiences, it, our brain secretes dopamine and gives us that high 
feeling, right? It can be used for good or it can be used for bad, but it binds us to an experience. And that's why gambling addicts and junkies alike are bound to their addictive cycles and experiences. And so it doesn't matter whether it's cocaine or a cupcake, man, you can be bound by dopamine uh, secreted into your brain. And that's why when some of you have gotten into relationships before, you feel the same thing uh, when you've gotten into a sexual relationship, you feel the same thing that a coke addict feels, right? And that's why it literally physically hurt when you broke off certain relationships in your life. It's because of soul ties. Remember what Paul says in Corinthians is that your soul is literally made one with the other person. In fact, we've actually seen people take on the negative characteristics of their past sexual partners, a depression or an anxiety that the other person had came on uh, the person who slept with that individual. And so it's like this. It's like when you sleep with someone, a part of their heart is knit to yours. And it's like you give a part of your heart to that other person. And you know, some of us in this room, we would, we would have to admit, man, a part of my heart has gone out to a bunch of people. And I've got a bunch of hearts that have been attached to mine. And so what we do is we call back those parts of our heart, and we send back to the other people that we've been with uh, sexually to them. And so Doree's going to lead us in a prayer in here in just a second, but right before she does, let me say this. Okay, get on deck, sister girl. We're about to close the door, right? <laughs> Here's what I want you to do to close those, uh, get rid of those soul ties. Get rid of the pictures that you have. Remember when you were dating or this past Sexual partner, get rid of any pictures or gifts or any of their possessions. If y'all went shopping together and, uh, you know, he bought you a, a ring or clothes or whatever, get rid of all that stuff from the past and then pray to take care of the soul ties. Doree, lead us in that. Some of you need to pray this one hardcore today. Father God, please forgive me for my sexual sins against you. Please purify my heart from the sin from the memory of it and any associated fantasy I've entertained in my mind. In the name of Jesus Christ and by the power of his shed blood on the cross, I cut myself free from any soul ties that have been established with my past sexual partners. I commit my past sexual partners to the care of Jesus Christ for him to do with as he wills. And Satan, I rebuke you in all your works and effects. And in the name of Jesus, I command all evil spirits to leave me and go directly to the pit. Holy Spirit, please heal my soul of any wounds related to these soul ties. Reintegrate any part of me that has been detained through these soul ties and restore me to wholeness. I ask that you will reintegrate any part of my sexual partners that has been detained in me and restore them to wholeness. I thank you, Lord, for your healing power and your perfect love for me. May I glorify you with my life from this point forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Isn't it great to have forgiveness for all those past experiences that, that many of us have had? And God sees us. I, here's a word for someone here. You think you're so dirty, but if, if you just prayed that, God sees you as like pure as fresh fallen snow. 
That's the way he sees you right now as his precious daughter or son. So as I was thinking through all the different doorways that we would have to deal with today, there are way too many to do in one service. And so I had to just pray and say, God, what do you want to share? Which ones do you want me to deal with? You know, and the other ones that we've dealt with came up and I typed those in for my little talk. And then the one that kept coming to mind was this one. And it's called the self-bitterness spirit. The self-bitterness, some people like to call it self-hatred spirit. And it's, it goes kind of like this. Sometimes it can come on you when you feel bad about yourself, like the way you look maybe. I remember when I was going through puberty, that's a weird time, isn't it? You're like, dang, you know, I'm changing right before the mirror. And I wanted to be a big muscular guy when I was a teenager, but I was a beanpole, you know? I didn't get any muscles at all. And then I wanted to have a great Magnum PI mustache, but I got two of them, but they were above my eyes right here in the form of eyebrows. And then you get older as a dude, and it's like, hey, you got any guys got to deal with ear hair, man? It's awful, isn't it? And then some of you guys like have back hair. It looks like a bear is on, you know, giving a bear a, a piggyback and all that. Ladies, you probably don't have any problems with the way you look, do you? Nobody spent any time looking in the mirror and uh, making th themselves up. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with taking care of yourself, right? <laughs> I'm really glad some of you did today. But, <laughs> but here's the thing. When we obsess over that stuff, and give it too much credence and start to hate the way God made us, that's when we open ourselves up to the self-bitterness spirit. And another way that it comes is when we feel so guilty and so shameful about things in our past that God's already forgiven us for. When God's forgiven us, He's cleansed us, but we continue to be bitter and angry at ourselves. It opens us up to the self-bitterness spirit. And here's how this often manifests. Have you ever known a bully? A lot of times bullies actually have self-hatred or self-bitterness, and they're compensating by powering up on other people. Have you ever met someone who constantly compares and is overly competitive? Well, oftentimes that person always has to win and compare uh, herself or himself with other people to feel better about who they are because they're so bitter and angry and uh, hate who they are. Are. Sometimes it manifests in false humility, and then you get a Christian person who starts coming to church, and then they can add spiritual language to their false humility, and someone will say, hey, man, you did a really great job at something. They can't just say thank you. They say, oh, well, I'm really just pond scum. It's all just God, you know, uh, but I am worse than scum. I'm the lowest of the low, right? Well, that is sometimes the self-bitterness. Now, honestly, we admit that we're sinners and that we've struggled and we're transparent about our struggles and confess our sins to each other, but God doesn't see us as pond scum when we are his children. And some people uh, manifest this self-bitterness spirit through excessive talking. Have you ever met someone that just talking, 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 and the husbands are saying, yeah, you know, it's every day when I get off work, you know? <laughs> just kidding, ladies, just kidding. But you meet someone that just keeps talking and talking and talking and talking because they're trying to make themselves feel better for something. And then it can lead to the more excessive cases where someone is mutilating themselves, cutting themselves, and even uh, attempting suicide. So this is self-hatred. Now, some years ago, uh, I counseled with a woman in our church who had been constantly physically, sexually, verbally abused, abused in every way. 
and she was dealing with not only demonic problems, but she was also dealing with what's called MPD or multiple personality disorder. And so it's a psychological condition in which God created us and wired us so that we could create these other personalities within our own psyche to deal with and compartmentalize painful memories until we can receive healing and all the personalities can be integrated into the core. So you can't cast out a personality. MPD is a reality. And you have to be able to discern between MPD and when there's really a demon in the mix. See, demons are cast out, personalities are fused and integrated with healing. But I called this friend of mine who had dealt with this those many years ago and wanted to check in with her, see how she was doing. And I asked her about the role that self-hatred played in her life. And she wrote me a long email, and I'm going to read you part of that email. She said, I grew up full of self-bitterness. It really took root because of the actions of my parents. For me, demonic spirits were brought into my life through the abuse of my parents. I certainly couldn't identify it as I was growing up, but demonic activity was rampant in the home in which I grew up. I feel like some people think that demonic attacks come when we worship the devil. Yes, that is one way they come, but certainly not the most common. The most common way that demonic spirits come into our lives is when we as humans allow them to take root because of sin. It can be sin done to us or sin that we commit ourselves. I grew up with parents who consistently told me I was a worthless piece of trash. I was no good and would never amount to anything. That was the root. The demonic spirit of self-hatred entered at that point because that statement that I was told over and over again was a lie and was therefore sin. That root was watered daily by my parents and other adults who repeated those words and showed me through their actions that it was true. I didn't have a voice then and didn't understand that there were other options. So the root stayed and went deeper and deeper into the core of who I was. If you'd have asked me at 16 years old who I was, I would have said I was a worthless piece of trash. This continued into my adulthood, except instead of my parents watering the root of hatred, I watered it myself. This manifests itself in self-harming behaviors. My self-harming behaviors included burning myself and allowing others to hurt me. Ultimately, during the worst of my self-hatred times, I attempted suicide on multiple occasions. I'm not proud of that, but I was so deceived by self-hatred that I felt the world would be a better place without me if I didn't exist. I meant, I mean, who needs a worthless piece of trash in their life? And the spirit of self-hatred reminded me daily of what those adults had said all those years ago. I would burn myself and it would soothe the hatred for a few hours or so. I could allow someone else to punish me and it would soothe the hatred for a while, but ultimately the hatred remained. In order for self-hatred to go away, I needed to allow God to remove the root. The truth is, I was never a no good, worthless piece of trash. God says, I was fearfully and wonderfully made. That is the truth. And once I was willing to allow him to trade the lie for his truth, the devil had no, uh, had no hold of me and the devil had to go. The root was gone and he had no hold in that area of my life anymore. God removed the self-hatred from my life at this point. This includes all the self-harming behaviors and even the fantasies I used to have about killing myself. God's answer is always the same. Now tune in at this point. God says, trust me. 
allow me to expose the root lie and let me remove it, then the demonic spirit has to go and God will place in that space his truth. That is where freedom is at. Isn't that the truth? And some of you today are about to pray a prayer along with Duree about something you don't like about yourself, something that you continually roll over, a painful memory, and it's gonna heal you of your self-hatred and self-bitterness. So, Duree, would you help us close these doors in our hearts? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, who is faithful and true, and as an act of my free will, I confess repent of and renounce self-bitterness. I ask you to forgive me for the lie I believed. I choose to forgive myself and I choose to forgive those who hurt me. I release myself from guilt, from shame, from self-bitterness in all its forms. In the name of Jesus and by the power of his blood, I cancel Satan's authority over me because of self-bitterness. And I command the spirit of self-bitterness to go. The abuse done to me was not my fault, and it is not my identity. The hateful lies spoken on me was not my fault, and it is not my identity. I am a child of God. I affirm my identity in Christ with all its benefits. Holy Spirit, I invite you to heal me of self-bitterness and fill that space in my soul with your presence, with your peace, and your perfect love. Amen. 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 So isn't it good to get rid of all that negativity? And what we do when we're in Christ is we don't just talk about what we're, we no longer are, but we talk about our new identity, right? And we need to spend uh, some good amount of time and, I guess, energy to acknowledge and speak out who God made us to be as new creations. And so we're gonna put some identity statements on screen. And when I point to you, I want you to say these things, but you don't, you have to say these things with humility, but also with authority, you know what I'm saying? You say these things with authority. So here we go, you guys ready to roll on this one? When I point to you, we're gonna throw down on this. Here we go. I am a child of God. God delights in me. I am washed clean. I am free. I am a masterpiece. I am wonderfully made. Bow with me in prayer, brothers and sisters. God, we thank you so much that you're transforming us right here by the truths from your word. And demons are fleeing and scurrying like cockroaches. And we say you go straight to the pit. You have no right to anyone here uh, with all your works and effects. You have no right to anyone in this building. You leave, it's a one-way ticket to hell for you. And so get out of here. We don't receive you. We receive all the good that God is speaking onto our lives. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping us to close these doorways of past counterfeit spiritualities that some of us practice. Thank you that you've closed and locked doors of our physical spaces, our homes and businesses. Thank you that you've forgiven us of sexual sin and healed us of soul ties. Thank you that you're healing us of the self-bitterness and hatred, and we're embracing our new identity as masterpieces free and wonderfully made by a good and loving God. And we pray all these things in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Everyone said, amen. amen. 
Thanks for listening. For more information, visit citychurchdowntown.com.